Amen. Have your Bibles tonight, Ephesians, the book of Ephesians. <clears throat> we'll be done a little early tonight. We did have planned a favorites night. And on favorites night, we don't normally have a special, and we do things a little more streamlined. And so, Brother Brandon, we'll just put it off to next week. So, Brother Brandon gets back. We can do favorites night. So, favorites night's not off the table. Uh, it'll just be next week. <clears throat> we'll look forward to it. Uh, uh, sing a little bit, even for the missions conference. Just a few last songs, but be able to really uh, enjoy singing next Sunday night, as well as with missionary. <clears throat> I want to take just a minute and remind you that uh, now uh, our, our revival is uh, about uh, the cross, uh, but our theme for the year is about in his image. And I want you to notice Paul's mindset when he writes Ephesus. I, I enjoyed, how many of you saw Brother Scott's video on the Mamertine prison? How many of you saw that? Uh, it's, it's a little podcast. It was very interesting. And and you could see as he went down in it, and he had the flashlight, it was showing you, you kind of go down in it, and it's dark and dank. Well, that was where Paul was when he wrote this book. So if you can imagine, <clears throat> almost no light. He's writing by candlelight. <clears throat> the Holy Spirit is speaking to his heart, and he's writing down these words from God himself but using the author through his heart. So notice with me, if you would, <clears throat> chapter 4, verse 1. I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith he hath called. Now, notice, if you would, uh, he considers himself a prisoner of the Lord. It's a voluntary position. He is a servant of the Lord, a doulos, a slave. And you'll see that word in a few minutes in Ephesians chapter 6. Notice chapter 5, verse 1. Uh, excuse me, I'm sorry. Uh, chapter, three, chapter 4, verse 1. Uh, you'll notice chapter 3 in verse 1. For this cause I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ for you. Now he's in this maritime prison. But he is a prisoner, he says, for you. Uh, I'm here because of the gospel's sake. But Paul used the word of slave. I am a bond slave for Jesus Christ, which is far more than a prisoner. It is a voluntary submission of everything about me as you own me. And so Paul is saying, I am a prisoner, but I am a bond slave of Jesus Christ. He owns me. If we somehow could get that through our minds, that you're not your own, you're bought with a price. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, therefore glorify God in your body and your spirit, which are his. If you've been saved today, you're not really your own. You're the Lord's. So when you and I look at Scripture of things that we're supposed to be in His image, then we realize that we're to be like Paul. Lord, I'm your prisoner. I yield totally to you. And, you know, they had no intent of taking it back. A bond slave was a slave in the, in the Old Testament, in the uh, uh, Pentateuch. Uh, he, it was a slave that said, 
when he came time for his freedom, uh, after his seven years or the period of time where he was set to be free, he would go to his master and say, you've been good to me. And, and I enjoy working for you. Remember, jobs were not like they are today. You worked for this farmer, this shepherd, or, or, or you had your own field and you plowed it and you took care of it. And so uh, you, you just felt like I, I've got a place to live, a place to sleep. I'm married. I have children. Uh, you, let, you feed us. You take care of us. And I do. I work for you. I like being here. Uh, and he would take him to a post in the middle of the village. They'd put his ear up to it and they'd punch a hole in it with an awl. And it would be a hole in his ear. And everybody knew from then on for life he was a bond slave of his master. Now, he had to put a lot of faith and trust in that master because he was probably purchased at the beginning, but when it came time for him to be free, he chose not to be free. His master could turn and be any way he wanted. He was trusting his master. If you have your Bible, notice Ephesians Chapter 6, look in verse 9. And your masters do the same things unto them, forbearing, threatening. You don't threaten your servants. Those that, keep in mind, he would have some bond slaves. Don't threaten them. Because you can, you ought not. Because, notice, knowing that your master also is in heaven. So if you own a company, or if you have people that work under you, you're a, an employer, or you're a, uh, a supervisor, and you have people under you, and you're the, quote, quote, the master of those people. You're their administrator. You give them things to do. Uh, he's saying, masters, be careful. You also have a master in heaven. Notice, knowing that your master also is in heaven, neither is the respect of persons with him. He doesn't look at you and say, oh, that's Dave Pittman. i got to treat him different. It's like everybody's the same. He loves us all, and he has the exact same guidelines for all of us, masters or servants. A servant that has someone else that works with him better have the same attitude the master has toward him. It's the same position. We're all servants of the Lord. Now, notice, if you would, in a family, <clears throat> there's the head of the house as a father, responsible to God, and if he doesn't handle that responsibility, and then, uh, then he gives an account to his master. And he says, no, understand, you have a father in heaven, a master. Notice, if you would, in verse number 33 of chapter 5, we'll wrap up last week, <clears throat> but I want you to notice this is sort of the summation verse of Ephesians chapter 5 regarding husbands and wives. Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife even as himself. And he uses the word agape in the word love there, agapao, the verb form. And he says, look, you love your wife. And the idea was, remember, like I love you. So notice in verse number, uh, verse number 25, husbands love your wives even as Christ also loved the church. Same word, agapao. Now, I look at this and I say, Lord, you've got to help me. How can I love Janet as much as you love me? 
Well, it's a love that puts her before me up here. I want to cherish her, be good to her, because he cherishes me and he's good to me. And he forgave me when I didn't deserve it. Every husband should do the same. And every wife should do the same. And then notice the next phrase. And the wife, see that she reverence. Now this word reverence is literally the word for bell. It's, it's to, there's a respect that's there. A respect of the position that he holds. Just like the husband has respect for God. You've heard the fear of the Lord. That's all of us. That's this word in the New Testament. The fear of God, the respect of God. I, 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 I have such an awe of the Lord. Well, notice he says, so uh, wives have a reverence. It's a humble uh, obedience. It's a humble um, respect. Now, it's easy to respect the Lord because he's perfect. It's not easy to respect a husband because we're not unless we earn it. And the way a husband earns it is by, when he makes a mistake, quickly apologizes, humbly and graciously, and asks for forgiveness. And purposes with all of his heart to do what is right. Every wife in this room ought to know, husbands, that your basic intent in your heart is to please him. That allows for respect. Because now if you're trying to please him, you gotta, you've got to have the right attitude. If you, if you have a temper, you've got you to change it to be in his image. If you don't forgive easily, you've got to change it to be in his image. If you don't ask for forgiveness. Our society has, has got a real hang-up with saying, I'm sorry. You'll see it in movies. Uh, John Wayne says, you don't apologize. And other people, you don't apologize. I'm sorry, they're completely wrong. Yes, you do. Every husband, every father to a child when we make a mistake. Honey, forgive me. Son, forgive me. You will bring great respect if you purpose to be in his image. Now, notice if you would, Chapter 6, verse 1, children. Now, this would be uh, young people, 12 and down, 14 and down, uh, 16 and down. Notice, <clears throat> children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Now, what I want you to know about this, this word, akuo, is, is to, hupakulo, is to listen under. So, it's sort of like sitting here and putting yourself under what they're saying to try to get it. That's listening. Children today, many of the uh, kindergarten teachers, the first day of school, second day of school, third day of school, I remember when Susan was teaching, one thing that she would have to do is get them all to pay attention. Get them all together and she said, okay, now when I, when I blow this whistle, everybody turn and look. Yes, ma'am. Okay, so she'll, you blow the whistle, I look up. She had to work on it because you know what children are not done today? They're not taught to listen. Now, the way you teach, and we're going to look real quickly, and this is grandparents. Look, as grandparents, you can support your, your, your children by, by causing your grandchildren to obey their parents. 
by supporting them. Uh, you and I have to, to try to figure out how we can be sort of like our children in their expectations for, their ch- for the children. Grandparents are notorious for wimpy, soft. Oh, grandparents, oh, do whatever you want to do. You're at grandma's house now. That's not good for parent, grandparents to be that way. Do you want your children to do right? Your grandchildren to do right? I do. I want my grandchildren to give their hearts to the Lord. So I'm going to support <clears throat> what Jeremy and Mandy do. I, I don't want to undermine what they're doing. Now notice, if you would, children obey your parents and the Lord for this is right. Now, I'm, young people, listen to this, children. <clears throat> uh, all the young people in this room, uh, all the adults, when you see, hear the word hear or listen or obey, all of us, adults, everybody, it's you make yourself Stop what you're doing and listen. We're not good at that. We've got all kinds of distractions. The reason you want to teach your children to listen and to obey, you want to teach them so whenever you speak, they hear you and want to do what you've asked them to do. Because one of these days when they get to be 16 years old and they get a key to the car and uh, they get in that car and they start to drive, you want them to say, now I'm underneath the laws of the land and my heavenly father. So now their obedience is transferred from parents to the Lord. Obey the laws of the land, Romans chapter, uh, chapter 10, 12, 15. It's right, it's right in there uh, where we're, we're, they don't bear the sword in vain. They don't write a ticket for nothing. Okay, notice if you would, children, obey your parents in the Lord. Now, <clears throat> the motive for you to obey your parents is for the Lord, in the Lord. I'm going to obey my parents because, Lord, I love you. Children, don't tell me that you love the Lord if you don't obey your parents. That's the first thing, simple thing. Husbands and wives, don't tell me how much you love the Lord if you don't obey Him. If you have a filthy mouth or an angry temper or, or you have the wrong thoughts and you allow that, you can't say, I love the Lord. Because love causes you to change into His image. He said, I want you, my children, to walk worthy that is, you hold, you want, you want him to value your life. And so you have to change into his image to earn value in the Lord's sight. That he could use you in this circumstance and that circumstance. So notice the motivation. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. Uh, your goal, number one, is to obey your parents for the Lord's sake. Because the Lord said it. So how many times, notice if you would, <clears throat> for this is right. In order for a child to be in the will of God, he's got to be obedient. That's the right thing. It's according to law. Dikaios, that's the word here. It's according to the law of God. Children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. But the idea is I'm obey my parents and the Lord because then one, I have respect for my parents, but, but mostly I, I'm trying to please the Lord. Now, fathers, mothers, that's the attitude, that's the example we give. I want to please the Lord, so I'm going to obey him. 
And as a result, I didn't do the right thing. Honey, I'm sorry. Will you forgive me? That's the reason somebody apologizes. Because of the Lord. I want to be in his image. Now, Jesus Christ never had to apologize because you have to do something wrong to do that. Can you imagine? I'll just give you this thought. Being Joseph. He's got four other sons. Mark chapter 4, verse 31. Mark 6, verse 3 says that he had a son, Joseph. He had a son, Judas. had a son, Simon. Can you imagine? And sisters, at least two, because it's plural. Can you imagine the challenge that he had trying to look at Jesus who always did everything right, had the right spirit, was trying to please his heavenly father, and the brothers and sisters, they get in trouble. Can you imagine the jealousy if they were to say, why don't you ever correct Jesus? How would you as a father say, well, he never does anything wrong. Can you imagine being in that spot? Well, you have to be very wise. But Joseph could have just him to God on his knees and said, Lord, you've got to give me wisdom because I don't know how to handle uh, training your son humanly. And, Lord, because I have one that's perfect and six that are not, Lord, give me wisdom that there's no jealousy. Don't let me be like in the Old Testament, Isaac. Jacob. Lord, help me not to have that. Now, notice if you would, uh, children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. You'll notice verse 2, he says, honor thy father and mother. Now, I want everybody to understand this. For all of us, obedience is here. It is a standard. All of us obey the Lord because we want to be like him. We want to please him. We want him to be proud of us, okay? Look over in Colossians, if you would, chapter 3. Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. Notice this. Uh, notice with me, if you would, in verse 20. Colossians 3.20. Children, obey your parents in all things. So there gives the uh, broadness of what parents say. And now, now let me ask this, children. Do you think your parents are perfect? They're, the answer is they're not. How many of you have ever asked your child to do something that it wasn't the best thing. You, you wish you could have done it differently. Well, notice he says here, in all things, he commands the children to obey their parents, period. And notice, if you would, he says, for this is well-pleasing unto the Lord. Well-pleasing, you arrest us. It, it's, to, it's to be acceptable to the Lord, very acceptable. So if you want to be very acceptable to the Lord, and if you want to honor the Lord, and if you want to obey the Lord and be right in his sight, then simply obey your parents. If they say, um, sit in church quietly, sit in church quietly. If they say, clean your room, I'm going to clean my room. Because you are a servant of Jesus Christ. And we do it in all things. Now, I want you to notice, if you would, look back over to Ephesians chapter 6. He says, Honor thy father and mother. Now, obedience is here. Honor is up here. It's with an attitude of value. It is looking up and say, I really want to please them. 
because my parents are something special. They're, I'm a gift to them, but they're a gift to me. You know, I thank the Lord pretty regularly that my parents had me in church the morning I got saved. Lord, thank you for parents that took me to church. My dad could have been a drunkard. My dad could have been an alcoholic. Janet and I were talking, and she was not raised up in the kind of home I was. She was working for her on her own at 14, providing for her own clothes and everything. I, I looked and said, Lord, thank you for my parents. Was my father perfect? No. Yeah, you know, I played ball for many years, and my dad came to one game. My mother came to every game. But as a son, I never went to my dad and said, Dad, you're not a good dad because you didn't come to my games and you didn't support me. And blah, blah. I never said that. And I, I had to say, Lord, I'm sorry for the thoughts. My dad does love me. You see, honor is you lift your parents up because of the position that they hold. They're who God put in your life to guide you spiritually and to take care of you physically. If all of us in this room would learn that we're God's caretaker of those children, those children are not yours. Oh, I know they have your blood coursing through their veins, and I know they bear your name, but in reality, those children are the Lord's, and you and I ought to train them up. Now, notice, if you would, in verse number 3, he gives a, a promise. Notice that it may be well with thee, and thou mayest live long on the earth. So if you want to live a long life, and if you want to have a happy life, it'll be well with you. If you want to have a blessed life, children, you control that. If you don't obey your parents, you slip around behind them. It looks to me like you're shortening your life. It looks to me like you're taking away joy from your days in, in the future. I didn't write it. It's right there. Now notice if you would. And then he says, and your fathers. Now, now watch this. Provoke not your children to wrath. What does that mean? That word provoke here is to incite. It's to create turmoil in the heart of a child. Now, how do we do that? Well, we create turmoil. And, and I, wrote, I wrote a few things down. Uh, when we correct unfairly, we correct one child, not the other child. Or when we ask them, we correct them for something we never told them to do in the first place. Or we expect things without taking the time to talk about them. And repetition aids learning. How many of you ever heard something the first time and you always did it the rest of your life? We all have to be careful because repetition, that's why you're in school. Repetition aids learning. Let me ask you a question. How many of you learn in school, um, four times four is what? 16, okay? Eight times eight is what? 98? No, what is it? 64, okay. But how many of you, as you've gotten older, you had to stop and think about a couple of those things, you know? Anybody here like that? I mean, you know, uh, nine times nine, you, 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 think about that. Uh, look, 
you're, you're 50 years old and you, you can't remember your math tables? What grade do you teach those? Benita, what grade do you teach those tables? Second grade. So you're not smart as a second grader. That, that's great. I mean, you know, here all of us do that. We're not careful. You have to repeat it over and over again. Um, and, and so uh, how many of you know what a noun is or a verb? Well, okay, I know what that is. But how many ever did, uh, you know, you, you had to divide up a sentence, you know, and you did a, uh, you put the noun and the, and the verb. And, 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 and would you like to try that now? I mean, we look at it and we, you see, repetition. Anything that you don't do regularly, you lose over time. And so in this passage, he says, fathers, provoke not your children to wrath. Son, I told you not to put that, 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 that remote over there. When was that? A year ago? We forget. Children especially forget. So the attitude here of provoke creates angst, anger in the child's heart. But a child's here, an adult's here. So they have nowhere to go. So it boils up inside. Bitterness can result. Hurt results. Distance can result. Nobody in this room wants that with your children. So notice, if you would, <clears throat> provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in nurture. Nurture is the word for discipline. It's, it's the word correction. It's the word, now, uh, it, it is the word that, that you're trying to help them by saying, look, don't ride your bike in the street. It's dangerous, okay? And the discipline is you can't ride your bike. If you rode it in the street and I catch you, don't ride in the street. You can't ride your bike for a week. Oh. Why is that? Now, you don't look at them and say, you can't ride your bike for a week. Put the bike up. That's not the way a godly father does it. We sit down and say, son, come here. Son, you know how much I love you. What just happened? Well, I rode my bike in the, in the street. Do you remember dad telling you not to ride your bike in the street? Uh, you got to repeat it. If you look at you, go down. Yes, sir. Okay. You probably ought to put the bike up for a week while you think about it. Because the last thing dad wants is to go to the hospital because a car hit you. I love you. There's a right way, a loving way, to correct your children. Notice, if you would, an admonition. Admonition is, is nathos. It's to put into the mind. So you say things over and over enough to put them into the mind where it sticks. Now, notice with me, if you would, uh, it, it, over in Colossians. Turn back over, if you would, in Colossians chapter number 3. <clears throat> in, in verse number 21, if we don't do this, nurture and admonition. Notice this, lest, verse 21, lest they be discouraged. They I can't please dad. I, now, do, does anybody know, now guys, I'm sorry, but the Bible does not say, wives, don't get angry at your children, let you provoke them. It says dads. So it is one of our 
things of nature that we get upset with our children and provoke them. But it's not common with moms. They can. Moms can do the same thing. Yelling, raising your voice, screaming at your children. Um, never right. Never good. Always hurtful. Always discourages the child. You want your children to have a happy home. Now, if you do yell at your child, if you do uh, make a mistake, you do this. You call him and say, come, come here, son. Come here, honey. I want you to know we forgive dad. I kind of, I lost my temper. I got upset. Will you forgive me? I'll work to be like Christ and let that happen again. Look at me. Will you forgive me? Yes, sir. You know what you've done? You've set an example for that child the next time they displease the Lord. They know how to handle it. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You know what's wrong with children why they're not much more obedient? Because parents don't give them the right example. I'm sorry, Lord, I was wrong. Will you forgive me? If you have your Bible, turn to Hebrews chapter 12. Notice this passage, Hebrews chapter 12. <clears throat> Notice verse 9. Furthermore, we have had fathers of our flesh which corrected us. There's the nurture. And we gave them respect. You always respect your parents when they're trying to correct you and help you. Now notice this very carefully. Shall we not much rather in subjection under the Father of spirits and live? So if we did that to our parents, we certainly should do it to the Lord. And notice what he says in verse 10. For they verily for a few days chastened us after their own pleasure. You know, no parent wants to be embarrassed by their child. So we correct them sometimes out of anger. He said, for our pleasure. Because we want them to obey us. Do you notice what he says here? But he, for our profit, always the child is corrected for their benefit. Always. Notice, but he, for our profit, that we might be partakers of his holiness. So uh, you and I don't listen if God were to throw heaven down at us or bring a lightning bolt down. Uh, the idea is here, notice what he says. He said that we might be partakers of his holiness, that we want to be like him. So you want your sons and daughters to want to be like you. That changes everything. The way you correct, the way you instruct, you want to place it into their mind. You don't use a sledgehammer. You talk it in. You repeat it over and over. Children make mistakes. Um, probably... The most difficult job would be for a father that's a carpenter to teach his son how to use the hammer and saw and nails. What was Joseph? A carpenter. And who was his son? Jesus. Now, if Joseph was wise enough, he would know, my son probably already knows how to do this better than me. But I'm still responsible to teach him. So I'll go through the steps. And here Jesus is submitting himself to his parents. Yes, Father. Thank you. And can you imagine not ever having to say it twice? Oh, that was Jesus. Now here's Joseph standing by the other son or Simeon or Judas, and 
they're jealous of Jesus Christ because he always does it right the first time. Do you understand the parent's job can only be done correctly on your knees before the Lord? Lord, give me wisdom. I want to train my children for your glory. Notice with me, if you would, I I want you to see uh, back over into uh, Hebrews, verse number 11, children, listen to this. Now, no chastening, no correction for the present seemeth to be joyous. Whoever liked being in trouble? Nobody. Your boss comes to you and says, you didn't do a very good job on that project I gave you. Nobody likes that. But you know what? If we're going to be a child of God, notice he says, but grievous, nevertheless, after it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. Take your boss's comments and say, I'm going to learn from it. Whether he's right or wrong, I'm going to learn from it. Isn't that what you want your children to do? Whether, whether I'm right or wrong, I want them to learn from it. But if I'm wrong, I'll be able to look at him and say, look, I was wrong. Will you forgive me? This way I want you to do it. But your boss is probably not ever going to do that. But we're still responsible to learn correctly. Now, notice very quickly, and I want to close. Notice if you would, back over into Ephesians. Notice with me, if you would, Ephesians chapter 6. And he sort of changes now. He's gone from teaching your children. Now, if your children are discouraged, then whose responsibility is that correct? The father's. If your children are upset and they don't want to, when you say, hey, let's go do such and such, and they sort of pause and say, I'd rather not do that, uh, you need to fix that. You want your children to always say, hey, I want to go with mom. I want to go with dad. I want to do that. Now, one of the things I would try to do with Jeremy and Michaela, Michaela was down uh, in school, and, and they had some activity, an outing for uh, the, the, the society that uh, she's in. And so uh, the, the, uh, she's got a young man that she kind of likes, and so I uh, think. And so there's some guy that they go out together, and, and they're in this group of uh, 60, 80, 100, 100 kids, and they got a football, and they're throwing the ball around. And Michaela gets the ball and whizzes it to the guy, and he says, wow. Where did you learn to throw like that? And she said, well, my my dad taught me. My grandpa taught me. Really? Yeah. Girls can't throw a football or squat. But they can if you spend time with them. Have you ever seen a girl throw baseball? That's a girl's normal way to do it. Not if you teach them. They can hum it in too. Not normally like a guy can because the physical differences. But I wanted my granddaughter to be able to catch the ball. She'll catch the ball with her hands. So when I'm talking with her, I use athletics as a tool to to speak to my grandchildren to work with them. A soccer ball, a a, a football, a a glove, softball. Um, The the problem is as you get older, Mike and Michaela are out playing the yard, and so they, they said, Grandma, you don't throw with us. I said, yeah, give me the ball. So they started running routes, and of course, Malachi, he, he runs about an eight-yard route. That's good, and I can throw that ball to him really And Mal- Micah, he takes off running, and so, you know, you're throwing the ball there. The next three days, I could hardly move my shoulder, 
And I probably threw 30 passes, but I didn't say a word. I looked at my grand. Hey, that was fun. That was a great time. I really enjoyed that. That was a lot of fun. But they didn't know how much I was hurting. Oh, my goodness. I wasn't about to tell them because I asked the Lord, Lord, help me to do things in such a way that my son and my grandchildren would always want to play with me. Now, that sounds crazy, doesn't it? But I like to go out in the backyard and shoot hoops. And if they beat me, then I quit. I don't want to play them anymore, okay? But I learned. I want them to learn because I want them to know I love them. But you know what we do over and over again, over and over again. Get your elbow in, okay, over and over again. Pass it by your by your ear, by there, and, and spin the ball. And, and you're in the pros. They say, he can really spin it. And my granddaughter can really spin it. Well, it may not go 60 yards. Micah can spin it. Malachi can spin it. You know why? Because we sat down and spent time. It's a little thing, but I wish all of us could spend time on character. Always tell the truth, son. Always be honest. If nobody else in your class is honest, you don't let that change you because you're doing it for the Lord's sake. Papa's got to do what's right for the Lord's sake. If I don't, <clears throat> I need to apologize. And if I don't, I'm not right with the Lord. Do you understand that? Yes. So when you don't do what's right, what should you do? I should apologize. So everybody in this room, <clears throat> you forget who you're, what position you are when you don't do right. You owe somebody an apology. Up, sideways, you owe somebody an apology in order to make it right. You want to know a sweet home? Well, there's forgiveness, there's apologies, and there's a purpose to, Lord, I want to love you with all my heart. I want to be like you. Without that attitude of a father, the home is not sweet. But it can be. Come down here on your knees and say, Lord, I'm sorry. But you've got to forget that you're a dad. We think we're perfect or we're beyond mistakes. We're not. And, and you know, uh, pastors, we have to be, we're not beyond mistakes. We, we have to learn to say, I'm sorry. Will you forgive me? Um, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm looking around. I see some people uh, that from time to time I, I'm preaching and I, I say something that I, 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 I meant to say, but it didn't come out right. Anybody here like that? And I had a lady come up to me. She said, Pastor, you know, I just want you to know I love you as my pastor, but, but that kind of hurt my feelings. That, that offended me. You know, I looked at her and I said, tough. No, I didn't do that. <laughs> I looked at her and I said, I, I am so sorry. I didn't think about it that way. Will you forgive me? She said, sure. I knew she was going to forgive me. I knew she wouldn't look at me and say, I'll never forgive you. I knew she wouldn't do that. She has a spiritual heart. She wants to do what's right. But you know what? It's up to me, whoever's the responsible person. A father's responsible. A mother's responsible. An older brother's responsible. An older sister's responsible. Learn to say, I'm sorry from your heart because you love the Lord. Learn to forgive quickly. How do we obey? We obey with a sweet spirit, number one. We obey instantly, number two. We obey willingly, number three. And we obey with all of our hearts. If you have your Bible, we'll close with this. Colossians chapter three. Notice this, if you would. <clears throat> Colossians chapter three. 
Now, this is not about just children, but you'll notice it's right after children and fathers. And he says, servants. And notice what he says, servants. That's everybody that's got a job. That's everybody that is responsible underneath someone else. Notice what he says, servants, obey in all things your master. That covers what we're supposed to obey according to the flesh. Notice this, not with eye service. Look here, young people. Yes, mom. Not with eye service. Notice number two. As men pleasers, there's lots of people like that, but they're not godly Christians. Notice this. But with singleness of heart, you have a purpose in your life. What is it? You see it? To please the Lord. That's your purpose. In singleness of purpose. Wise. You have a single purpose to be the best wife you can be and the best daughter of heaven you can be. Husbands, you have a purpose to be the best husband you can be and the best servant you can be of the Lord. Notice quickly, fearing God. There's that word, respecting God. Whatever he wants, that's what we'll do. And notice this, and what? Soever you do, do it heartily with all your heart. Don't be a slacker. Don't be a goof-off. Notice why. Why not be someone that does half-hearted things? If you do your paperwork, don't do it half-hearted. If you do your homework, do it with all your heart. Why? Notice this. Whatsoever you do heartily, as to the Lord and not unto men. That's the secret to the Christian life. Do everything you do unto the Lord and not to somebody else, and it'll change your whole life. Wives, when you cook a meal, do it to the Lord. Husbands, when you prepare a family day, do it to the Lord. Look, let's say, Lord, I want you to be pleased with me. Everything I do in my life, I want to be like you, and I want you to be pleased with me. Well pleased with me. Let's be great fathers, great wives, great moms, great children great servants of the Lord. Father, would you help us to learn the lessons you have from an apostle in a prison that had every reason in the world to be angry and bitter, and yet he's teaching us to be forgiving and loving and servants of the King of Kings. And Father, I pray that you'd bless us tonight. Lord, help us to forget pride and arrogance and just to humble ourselves before you and say, Lord, help me to be better. Lord, help me to be more obedient for your sake. In your name I pray. Amen. Stand to our feet if you would please. I'll ask Brother Andrew to come. Lead us in a verse. If you need to come tonight and talk with the Lord, I encourage you to do so. This verse is for you. We'll not play long tonight. Uh, sing it together. Notice your words. I wandered far away from God. Now I'm coming home. The paths of sin I've tried, Lord, I'm coming home, coming home, coming home, never more to roam. Open wide thine arms of love, 
You know, my dad was, how many have heard of tough love? You know what that is? Uh, he wasn't mean to me, never raised his voice and yelled at me, never. Um, I tell you what he did do, though, when I one time went to him and said, Dad, I can plumb a whole house with all the sewer lines. Could I get a raise from $1.60 to $1.75? He says, let me think about it. No. Eventually he did. But you know what? I was the owner's son. So he wanted me to do what? Earn my way. He wasn't mean to me. But I owe my dad so much. He said, son, I want you to get your plumbing license. I said, dad, I don't need them. He said, I want you to get them. It'll be good for you. That was the way I got through college. Because of my dad's wisdom, and he was right. Now, he never came to see me, but his wisdom was still right. God used him. All of us learn our parents don't have to have the right attitude. They don't have to do things right. You still listen and you honor because that is right. And the Lord will bless you and give you a long life to do the right thing. Tonight, Let's all of us say, but I want to do what's right. I want to be a parent that does the right thing. Let's learn and nurture and admonition of the Lord. And husbands, love your wives. Wives, obey your husbands. Honor your husbands. Let's honor the Lord together. Let's be a church family that honors our Father. You're not going to hear this anyplace else but out of this book. Let's honor him. Let's be well-pleasing in his sight. Father, today I thank you for your great love to us. I pray, dear Lord, that you would help us to learn from your word that we do all things with all of our heart unto you, and you'll bless us. Give us traveling mercies. In your name we pray. Amen. You're dismissed tonight. Thank you for coming. Lord bless you. Visitors will be in the back.